We're going to dive right in, spend a couple of weeks heading into uh, Thanksgiving to talk about having a grateful heart. And I just really want us to challenge uh, each of us to, to check this out. Uh, let's go ahead and we're going to read the verse that was uh, just posted for you. Psalm 106 verse 1. And it says, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Note that for he is good for his mercy endures forever. In the message paraphrase, it reads this way. Hallelujah. Thank God. And why? Because he's good. Everybody say that. Because he's good. Because his love lasts. And we are to give thanks to God. Um, and we don't give thanks to God just because we feel good. We don't give thanks to God just because it's all good. We give thanks to God because he is good. And this almost gets cliche, so don't run off on this with me. But he is good all the time. Okay? All the time. And so with that in mind then, there's two appropriate times that we need to thank and praise God. The first one is when we feel like it. And the second one, anybody cracking the code on this one? And the second one is when we don't feel like it, because whether you feel like it or not, or no matter what the scoreboard looks like in your life right now, you need to know that God is good. Presently, always God is good. And scripture says we're to give thanks to him, give thanks to him. Now, Every one of us is more blessed than we are hurt. Every one of us is more blessed than we are hindered or burdened. All of us have more sunny days than rainy days. All of us have always much to thank God for. And we need to make sure that we are actively, this is part of our life. What we do is that we live and thank God because he is good. Now that word, uh, Oh, give thanks. Those two words, give thanks um, out of the Hebrew that the Old Testament is written in. There's a Hebrew word, Y-A-D-A-H, as yada. And it, it means a couple of things. It, it means to give thanks. And I'll just go ahead and put this up for us so we don't forget what we're talking about. Thanks. Everybody say give thanks. And it starts out meaning this. It means to confess or profess. So that means you need to say something. When, when you're grateful, I, I like to put it this way. Don't just think your thanks. Don't just think your thanks. You know, how many husbands we have in this place today? I mean, that was very weak. Was like, <laughs> I want some of y'all, honey, is it okay if I raise my hand? Okay, I'm going to try it again. Any husbands in this place today? <clears throat> that was better. Um. How many of you know if your wife goes a lot of trouble and makes you a wonderful meal and does all that stuff and you don't say thank you? How many of that is not good? These guys down here. Their wives elbowed them. Okay. Listen, let me tell you something. If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Did y'all know that's in the Bible? It's in my Bible. I wrote it in the front. Okay. All right. So you need to say it. You don't just think your thanks. And if you go to lunch today and somebody waits on you at a restaurant or home or whatever, you better thank them. And and you need to look them in the eye and thank them. 
People are not machines. They're not just your servants. And, and if somebody's bringing you something, you don't keep your conversation going and just do your little thing and just ignore them while they wait on you. You with me? That is wrong attitude for anybody, anywhere. You need to stop what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And you know what? They'll stop putting stuff in your food when you, if you do that. So. so first of all, you need to say it. And the second part of the definition means that it says that you have to show, point out by extended hands. And that's why earlier I said this would mean more to you. But when you do this and your heart is connected and you understand, you're thanking God. This is a way to say thank you. This is a way, y'all, this is a way to say thank you. And you can do that in the shower. And rinse off. You can do that in your car. Well, just one. Okay. And if you're worried about traffic around you, just act like you're fixing the rearview mirror. Just. Okay. But you can give thanks. You don't have to lift your hands, but this is the thing. You need to say it with thanks. You need to say it and you need to show it. If gratitude is present, it needs to be obvious. Y'all hear me? If gratitude is present, if you are in truly, if you are truly grateful for something, it needs to be obvious. It needs to be uh, aware. People should be able to tell that you're grateful because you say it and you show it. Are you with me this morning? Psalm 92 verse 1 says this. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. And that's an incredible passage right there. We're just going to look at part of this here. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Everybody say, it is good to give thanks. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Let me just throw this in again because I want to hit this because you're the lunch crowd. You're you're closer to lunch here. It is good to give thanks to people too. Okay, so make sure you're doing that. But we're to give thanks It is good to give thanks. It is good. It's appropriate. It's right that we give thanks. But here's another aspect of it. It is good for us that we give thanks. I find the the most kind, the most happy, the most generous people are also the most grateful people. The people you want to be around are grateful people. Hello? And and we don't want to be spoiled people. We want to be we want to be grateful people. We just finished a series on uh, generous soul and we talked about that the contents and the condition of your soul determines the quality and the direction of your life. Well, generous soul, and now we're talking about grateful heart. And in the Old Testament, there are words that are a little bit interchangeable. And I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. But New Testament, we come to understand that we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Hebrews 4.12. There's some other places that point that out real, real clear. Old Testament is not as clear. Um, whole nother approach to everything at that point. It became more important about our spirit because now we have salvation in the New Testament. But there's words that are interchangeable here of heart and soul. And sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're talking about here. Is this the spirit? So here's what it's talking about. Old Testament, especially it's talking about the center, the seat, the core of who you are. And so what we're talking about is having gratitude at the very core and center of who you and I are. The heart of us should be grateful. Amen. The heart's the most important part. The heart's the best part. How many of you like watermelon? All right. I love watermelon. You know, and there've been times where watermelon's so good. And you know what I'll do? I'll slice that puppy open and just eat the heart out of it. 
You forget all this polite stuff, eating all the little edges. You just get, just get, get it. The heart is the best part. Okay. And, and the middle, the center, the core of us must have gratitude in it. Gratitude coming from our heart. Now, if gratitude is missing, if gratitude is not a part of your life, then you have a deficiency. It's like a vitamin deficiency and a nutritional deficiency. And when that happens in your body, if you're missing something, you're deficient on something, some kind of condition is going to happen in your body. You know, depending on what that is, depending on what that deficiency is. And so when we are deficient in gratitude, that it's missing in our life or it's lacking, it's not what it should be in our life, here's the condition that you and I will develop. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You will develop it. And it is this hard heart, a hard heart. If gratitude is not in your heart, your heart becomes hard. And can I tell you something? It's a very dangerous, dangerous condition. And we want to do all that we can, can do to avoid that. When we talk about hardness of heart, talk about cold, numb, dull, no sensitivity, and I'm not talking about evil and mean and against God kind of hard heart. I'm talking about another kind of heart that just leaves us spiritually dull where we don't hear, we don't see, we don't recognize things. And I have to tell you who the group would be that would be most susceptible. Follow me on this. It would be most susceptible to a hard heart. You ready? You ready for this? I need to tell you this today. The group of people that would be most susceptible to having a hard heart. It's unbelievable. It's us. It's me. It's you. It's believers. Believers. No, pastor, I don't agree. No, no, no. It's because we have such abundant exposure to God's word, to moments of worship, holy moments. We can call upon the name of Jesus. We, we can say the, Je- the name of Jesus so much we don't even hear it. Are, are y'all hearing me? Uh, it's, it's, it's like I used to, when I was a kid, uh, we had a big Sears store and you go to the store and in the middle, they had the candy place in the middle with the big glass cases. I used to just lick the windows. No, I know. I, I didn't. So my mom said, stop. But, um, I just dreamt of, man, that'd be awesome. And then they built a mall. We went to a mall. And they had a store there and they had all the candy and everything. And I remember like first couple times I ever went to a mall that night. I'm laying down and I'm just dreaming, man, I'd love to get locked in the mall. (laughs) And you know where I'd go in the middle of the night? Candy. But you know what? If you stayed there and I'd say to myself or my brother, and I would eat candy all night long. And you know what? The next day you'd be sick and you'd never want that candy again. My father-in-law, before he passed, he was a pastry chef. And part of what he did at the bakery where he worked uh, was donuts. And some of you, don't you love when you walk up to the bakery and smell the donuts? Just, uh, it's getting close to lunch, y'all. I to, <laughs> watermelons, candy, donuts. Yeah, I talk, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, man, if I worked there, I'd eat donuts every day. But do you know what my father-in-law hated? Donuts. It's every day, every day, every day. We're not talking about donuts. We're not talking about candy. We're talking about the living word of God. 
We're talking about handling the bread of life. We're talking about the family of God. We're talking about the precious name of Jesus. We're talking about holy moments. We're talking about heavenly help. And if we're not careful, church, listen to me. If we're not careful, we don't value those things properly. And we don't respond to them properly. And they become regular. We get in the habit, we get in the bondage, rather, of used to it. Used to it. And and I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is an awesome church. And you can come into church. Some of y'all never even been out of town, you know. And so you can come in and you can just get used to it. And we start to harden our heart. I had a dear friend um, passed away a few years ago, way before his time. He was a pastor. And the last few weeks of his life, I went to visit him several times out of state. And he told me probably about two weeks before he passed. He said, you know what? He said, if you hear John three sixteen, and it doesn't bring a tear to your eye, you've got a hard heart. And I thought, oh, God help us that when we hear things like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, hey, I'm a whosoever, will believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We've got to get to a place where we hear stuff like that. I don't care if it's a 30,000. You've heard it a lot. That it moves you, that it's real. Are y'all hearing me? And we've got to make sure so we don't end up with hardness of heart. When we fail to value and fail to properly respond to God's goodness and his truth in those holy moments and, and heavenly help, then we get a hard heart. And here's, here's a key for us. The difference between being spoiled and being blessed is being thankful. And Alicia and I, in raising our five children, um, you know, you take them, stop, get a happy meal or there we go, more food. Um <laughs> Stop and get a happy meal or got them something or whatever. Um, and if they didn't respond on that, I remember countless times saying, and uh, thankful children said, oh, thank you, dad. Thank you, mom. You know, they'd hop in and you know what? After a while, you didn't even have to prompt them because they knew to be grateful. And for all of us, please, for all of us, let's don't be spoiled. Let's don't be jaded. Let's don't be callous because then we become religious and lifeless. And that's tasteless to the world. And it's of no value really to God. Let's keep our hearts soft. Let's keep our hearts grateful. And the difference between being blessed and being spoiled is being grateful. Can I get an amen this morning? Now, the remedy for this, the prescription for hardness of heart that will prevent it or cure it is this. Giving thanks. And when you give thanks, and when we give thanks, what do we do? We, we say it and we show it. When we say it and we show it, when we do that, you become, follow me on this, and I'll say this a couple times more, you become keenly aware. When you give thanks, you become keenly aware God is active in my life. I'm going to say it because you didn't get it. When you give thanks to God, when you say it, when you show it, when you feel it, You become keenly aware God is active in my life. God's presence, God's goodness. Has God been good to you? 
Well, if you don't, if you don't pay attention, you won't realize. I run into people all the time. They're so busy counting their sorrows and griping about this and that. They're just negative. They, they, they don't see anymore how God is good to them. And well, I don't even know where God is. God is active in all of our lives. And when we give thanks, it keeps our heart or it returns our heart back to gratefulness and pliable hearts. And when we give thanks, everybody say, give thanks. When you give thanks, it makes you keenly aware God is active in my life. His goodness, his power, his presence in my life. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Amen. Reality is this, about the only thing that you and I can actually give to God is thanks. Everything else we give him came from him. Probably the only original thing that you and I can give to God is thanks. And I would encourage all of us to do that. And remember, don't just thank your thanks. Luke chapter 17. Let's go there real quick. Luke 17, verse 11 through 19. And now it happened as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him. Ten men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Could we say that one time? Jesus, master, have mercy on us. You need to know that one. It goes on to say, and so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Note that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them. When he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well or it's made you it's made you whole. Let's talk about the the lepers just for a moment here. Leprosy, um, horrible, infectious, contagious, chronic, destructive disease. And still on the planet today and certainly much more controlled and treatable. Uh, if, they, if you had leprosy, the priest would declare that you were leprous and you had to be quarantined. You had to be isolated. You were outcast. You had to leave your family. You had to leave home. You had to leave Everybody, and you had to go be with other lepers. And there were even some that you might have leprosy and they would quarantine you and they'd quarantine you with lepers. And so the way you catch it is, you know, it's, it's contagious by being with people who have it. They had to tear their clothes, had to wear torn clothes. They could not do anything with their hair to indicate care. They had to, you know, let their hair just be very disheveled. And they had to wear rags over whatever part because they would... They would lose sensitivity, they'd lose circulation, they would eat the flesh, they would lose appendages and parts of the body, and it was very hard to look at and so forth. So you had to be wrapped a lot, and even like your, your face and so forth. And they had to keep the distance. If anybody started to encroach upon that distance and proximity, they had to yell out about themselves, unclean, unclean, unclean. So people would stay away. In some settings, they had bells that they would ring. Um, I read also that in some settings, because if they 
perhaps because of the damage, whatever. Now they've lost even their ability to speak. They had like these pipes or sticks that they would, they would hit together to let people know. And so here's these 10 lepers. And it's a mixed crew because they pointed out one of them is a Samaritan. And guess what? When, when everybody is down in their situation, it doesn't matter where you came from. And so they're together. And I think they knew of Jesus. I really do. Um, it's estimated that Jesus' ministry, if you remember, he's coming from Jerusalem, the border of Samaria and Galilee now. Most of Jesus' ministry happened within, uh, it's, it's estimated, about eight square miles. You know, that most of what he did was just all in that area. And so I'm sure these guys running the rim of hills and outside the cities and different stuff, you know, watching this and running a relative term because these guys can't get around very good. And I'm sure they noticed because there are times where it said whole villages would empty out and go out to where Jesus was to hear, hear what he's saying. Are y'all, are y'all with, with me this morning? And they go out and they had to notice that. Man, everybody's going, we can't go. We'll get as close as we can and just kind of watch. I'm sure sometimes they saw people carried out, you know, on stretchers or friends carrying whatever. And something happened down there with all those people and Jesus. And now everybody's screaming and yelling and rejoicing. I see somebody jumping in the middle of there. And then blind eyes they hear got opened and ears, uh, blind eyes and deaf ears. And they even heard of lepers being cleansed. And so now it says that as Jesus came that way, that they met him there. And I don't think it was a chance meeting. I think they kind of, hey, hey, guys, guys, come. And they knew of Jesus. And because they yelled to him from afar, Jesus, master, those are loaded words, Jesus, master, Have mercy on us. And he said to them, go, show yourself to the priest. Levitical law required that if you felt like, hey, I'm healed or cleansed of leprosy, you had to go to the priest. And there was a ritual and a procedure that the the priest would go through to see if, in fact, you were, you were making progress or you just absolutely weren't. And he said, go, show yourself to the priest. He said, you know, go. And as they went, here's everybody say as they went. As they went, they suddenly were healed. Can you imagine they're having a hard time getting along anyway? And all right, he said, go, here we go. And they're going and they're all wrapped up and hobbling, going along. And can you imagine one of them turning to the other guy and go, Hiram. And he goes, what? Your nose. What about my nose? You've got one. You know, because <laughs> you know, suddenly, suddenly they're, they're healed. Are you all with me? They're suddenly healed. And as they're going, but one of them, one of them does something different. And I I like the way the message Bible puts it here. It says one of them, when he realized that he was healed, get this, turned around and came back. Everybody say that turned around and came back. Watch this shouting his gratitude, glorifying God. He kneeled at Jesus feet. So grateful. He couldn't thank him enough. And he was a a, a, a Samaritan. Can I look? He's jumping. He's yelling. He can't, he's, he's at Jesus feet. He's doing all this. Let me ask you, what would you do? I mean, sometimes we're like, well, praise the Lord. I mean, what would you do? You ever watch prices, right? I mean, they call somebody's name. So, so, so come on down. And they're going to win some plates and a dryer. Oh, Jesus. For some plates and a dryer and a chance to spin the wheel. 
We need to start paying attention because I'm telling what you got. You got a lot to shout about. You got a lot to cheer up about. You got a lot. And here's what we've got to do. And I'll tell you this again, but I prayed. I have prayed the last few days. And last night and this morning, I prayed this strong. And I'm, I'm believing God to do this, that his Holy Spirit will seize upon you. That as you're going, as you are going, you'll suddenly realize what God has done for you. And you'll do like this guy did. The, the message Bible says that he, and I want to read this just the way it is here. He, watch this. He's going his way. He realized he's healed. He turned around and came back. I pray that you'll turn around and come back. I pray that you won't just keep going in your life, just doing your stuff. I pray that the Holy Spirit will seize upon you and you'll realize, oh, you know what? That thing I was so worried about, I thought I was going to die two weeks ago, or I thought it was all over two weeks ago. I thought this, oh, and I was so worried and I couldn't sleep or eat. And now God, God has fixed that. Life is not just about, oh, things work out. Now you've got to know there's a most high God that we should be giving thanks for. And he's active with his goodness, his power, his presence in your life. And you need to thank him. And when you thank him, you need to say it and you need to show it. And Jesus expresses surprise. He expresses surprise that only one came back. He said, weren't there, weren't there 10? And how many of you know Jesus is not insecure? Do you know that God doesn't need our worship because he's up there like, I don't know, I'm not feeling real most high today. <laughs> now, how many of you know he's good? Okay, uh, he's worthy of it and it's good for us to do it because it helps us to keep everything else in its right place. But Jesus, his concern at this point, when he said in verse 17, weren't, weren't there 10, but only one has come back to give, to give thanks. His concern was not so much follow, follow this, was not so much about him getting thanked. That's us, you know, if. We're at a little party and we give a gift to somebody and oh, that was for me. <laughs> he, that wasn't what he was about. He wasn't so concerned about getting thanked. I think he was concerned about them not missing what just happened. Because this leper that turned around and came back, he settled something that every other person needs to get settled. And it's this, who's your source? And if you don't have the right source, you won't have wholeness or remedy in your life. And all of us need wholeness and remedy in our life. But you've got to have a source and you've got to get, you've got to get settled. Who is your source? It's not your mom. It's not your job. It's not the government. It's not somebody else that you're waiting to come along. Your source has to be God. And this transaction revealed that, hey, what I needed most and no one else could do, I just asked for your mercy and you did this for me. Here's what this guy saw that we've got to see. First of all, he saw, I'm healed. The second thing he saw was this. The second thing he knew was this. And I know who did it. And then he turned around and he, he came back and he thanked him. Price is right style. He thanked him. And, and Jesus doesn't want us to miss out on this and just think, you know, if you just, if you're the other nine... And, you know, apparently that's kind of the stats from Scripture that about 90% of people just don't 
pay attention and thank God for being God in their life. I want us to be the one. Let's be the one that, that we thank him. Of those nine that just go on their way, here's the attitude you're susceptible to if you don't stop and thank God. Well, you know, I'm lucky. I'll just look at lucky or this. I always end up landing on my feet. It's just something about me. I'm good. You are not good. You're an idiot. God's good. I said, God's good. And we've got to do what? We've got to turn around and come back. Everybody say, turn around and come back. And I'm praying the Holy Spirit will seize upon you. He'll, he'll, you'll realize the moments, either present or by recall. Whoa, God did that for me. Amen. And you've got to turn around and come back. And by turn around and come back, I don't mean leave work and go home. <laughs> or leave home and come here. I'm, not talk, I'm just talking about in your heart, in your mind. Mm. Turn around, come back and tell God. Tell him, man, you've been so good to me. And thank him and thank him and thank him. You've got to know your source because then you know who to ask and you know who to thank. And that's where you find remedy and that's where you find wholeness in your life. If you miss the lesson, you won't settle this about who your source is. You'll end up enjoying the gift and ignoring the giver. Let's don't be those nine out of ten. Again, the difference between being spoiled and blessed is being Grateful. Psalm 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. It's about knowing your source, about knowing where wholeness and peace and help and hope and comfort and rest and and direction and confidence comes from. And giving of thanks is that proper response. And again, he's not so concerned about him getting thanked It's about us getting the message of what just happened in your life and who did it and keeping that cycle alive. When we fail to value, when we fail to properly respond to God's goodness in our life. Listen, let God help us to have new ears, new eyes, new heart so that when we hear the truth of his word, you know, I can read some of the most life changing things for us and we go, yeah, it needs to move us. When we stand and lift our voices and our hands and declare the goodness of God in this place, don't let it be religious. Don't raise your hands because somebody said raise your hands or everybody else raise your hand. Do it because I thank you, God. Let it be a moment of turning around and coming back and let it happen in your daily life, not just when we're here. And if you really get this cranked up in your daily life, man, we don't even need a roof on this place when we would come together. Don't take, take things for granted. You know, there are people right now all over the world don't have the freedom that we have. Did anybody have water yet today? You didn't have to worry about your water. I mean, well, I don't want to get too personal, but how many of you had a shower, bath? Hot water? You know, did anybody have to ride their burrow to church today? You know, no, we're blessed. Everybody planning on getting to eat? today and not just, well, I don't know. It depends on what I catch. No, I mean, you're, you're, are, are we blessed or are we spoiled? And we've got to be blessed. We've got to be a grateful, grateful people. Let me just say this to you again. I pray the spirit of God seizes upon all of us and reminds us and points out to us 
And we'll stop in our tracks and we'll turn around and we'll come back and we thank him. Because when you thank him, don't miss this. When you thank him, when you thank him, you'll be keenly aware. God is active in my life. It's little things. It's a few big things. It's a lot of things in between. It's everything from, from waking up. Seriously, just waking up. And shelter and family and friends and food. And then his blessings and all the things he works out. We have no idea all the things he does for us that we didn't see him protect us from that. We didn't see how he opened that door for us, how he connected this, how he led our steps. And you know what? When you get this settled about your source and you live knowing who to ask and knowing who to thank, it takes panic out of your life. And you'll be able to have that grateful, grateful heart. My prayer for all of you, whether today you feel close to God, far from God, inconsistent in that, whatever it would be, is that you'll just start to thank him. And if you'll start to thank him, you'll start to be keenly aware again. He is active in my life. Do you get anything at all out of this today? All right.